0: All right, Coop, thank you very much. I am Chris Cuomo. Welcome to Primetime. The president's labor secretary has learned well from his boss. When confronted with wrongdoing, he blamed everyone else involved. But one of them is firing back tonight. Let's look at what we know and test who is right. The legalities in this Epstein case are going to take time. But the politics are playing out in real time. And... Mr. Acosta won't resign as labor secretary. Will Congress force his exit? Should it? We have a senator in 2020 hopeful leading the charge on that. We'll ask her about the latest on that and the border fix from senators from her party. Senator Amy Klobuchar here tonight. We also have the president's acting immigration chief sounding the sirens that ice raids are absolutely coming. Is that the best or worst move right now? And we have news on what Democrats are planning for Mr. Mueller. We have the plan and the stakes. What do you say? Let's get after it. Not me, boss. That's what you heard from the Labor Secretary today. A lot of excuses. Don't blame me. Blame them for the Jeffrey Epstein sweetheart deal. Take a listen. Simply put.
1: The Palm Beach state attorney's office was ready to let Epstein walk free. No jail time. Nothing. Now, the former
0: Palm Beach County state attorney says that is B.S. Barry Krischer put out a statement saying, quote, federal prosecutors do not take a backseat to state prosecutors. True, by the way. Mr. Acosta brokered a secret plea deal that resulted in a non-prosecution agreement in violation of the Crime Victims' Rights Act, okay? He says his office took the Epstein case to a grand jury that returned a single indictment. The U.S. Attorney's Office produced a 53-page indictment that was abandoned when Acosta cut the deal. So what does this mean now? Let's bring in Senator Amy Klobuchar, among many Democrats, demanding Acosta's resignation. Senator, good to have you on the show as always. Thanks, Chris. All right. So the dialectic goes like this: We don't like the deal. The deal kind of stinks. Lots of deals stink. Why should the labor secretary resign so many years later?
2: The labor secretary actually has jurisdiction over human trafficking, and this is something uh, that should be a major focus of his. And what we've now learned is that he made a deal behind closed doors without consulting with the victim. We already have a Florida district court judge who has said that this was wrong Mm -hmm. and illegal. He says he followed the
0: office protocol. As a former prosecutor, could he have been following the office protocol and not the Crime Victims
2: Act as well? I don't buy this. You're supposed to, as a prosecutor, do your job without fear or favor. And your mission is to make sure that justice is happens, no matter who the defendant is, no matter how connected they are. And what I saw here today is that if he first blames the victims, he says, well, they didn't really want to come forward, so I didn't want to Give me a break. You have cases all the time, uh, especially when you have a major defendant like this with a sex ring, where maybe you're going to have to make sure the girls are protected. Sometimes we even would subpoena someone to testify just to be able to get the bad guy. And all
0: right? he did other cases. Um, Mm -hmm. that were of similar subject matter where there were much different prosecution angles. Let me ask you this, though.
2: We had one in Minnesota recently where the the U.S. Attorney's Office got over 30 years for two girls. This is the
0: most lenient sentence any of the prosecutors I've spoken to, I'll add you the list, have ever heard of for these kinds of crimes. But let me ask you this. You guys knew about his role when he came up as Labor Secretary. He was asked about the Epstein prosecution. Why wasn't there the same high dudgeon then?
2: Well, I didn't support him, and a number of my colleagues didn't. And then some of this information had not come out till later. Uh, but I did want to really point out something, Please. because this is the issue of the day here, where he suddenly is blaming um, the local county attorney. Yes. And I want to make clear, as someone that had that job before, when the feds would come in and say they'd want a case, sometimes we'd go back and forth and say, look, we think we can do this one. Mm. Sometimes they'd say, OK. But a lot of times we'd go where we thought we could get the longer sentence, or they would just take it. And we had very cordial relations with the U.S. attorney when I was there. So we'd have a lot of discussions. But most of the time, uh, they would be able to take the case because they could get the longer sentence and would have the resources. Mm -hmm. In our offices, we ended up doing a lot of white collar cases. I put a judge in prison. My office did. But the point of the story is I don't buy this at all. I believe that local DA who basically says, come on, the U.S. Attorney's Office here had this long indictment, and they should have gotten a good sentence and certainly not given him a deal where he can work six days mm. a week, leave jail, and go to work making billions of dollars, while other people in the same circumstances, like the one I just mentioned, go away for 30 years. No, I understand all that. And it is
0: interesting that Secretary Acosta did not bring up his work with human trafficking in his role as a cabinet secretary uh, when it is under his auspices. Uh, that, that's a fair point, and he didn't even mention it. Let me ask you about something else. Uh, A couple of your colleagues on the Democratic side in the Senate are coming out with a bill tomorrow, I understand. Senators Schumer and Merkley, I think, are the main sponsors uh, to deal with the conditions at the border. And uh, it covers separation and some other uh, guarantees of how people are going to be kept. However, the main role for Congress in what's going on down there is not addressed, which is the set of rules, the statutory rules that are causing a lot of the constipation on the border. Why isn't the Senate bill addressing that?
2: Well, we are, uh, we're going to put this bill out tomorrow. And I think what this bill gets at is some standards for detention so that you don't have situations where kids don't have toothbrushes or soap. Right. But they uh, can't so they meet the standards
0: stop. because they're overwhelmed. And part right. of being Let's overwhelmed get- is resources. Part is rules.
2: Okay. Um, The other thing we're going to address is you stop the separation of kids from their parents. Uh, The other thing that must be addressed, which is the must be. bigger issue that I think would resolve all of this is comprehensive reform, which gives us the money because the score on that bill, the amount of money we would bring in from 2013 was something like a fifty $158 billion reduction of the deficit. Think of if you're talking about improving these facilities and if you're talking about allowing for asylum cases like they should be to be processed in the countries where the people live. That'd be great. Uh, we would be able to fix a lot of this, Chris. That that would be great. But this president, every step of the way, has said no. Even when we tried to help the two million dreamers in this country with support of senators like Johnny Isaacson and Mike Rounds, Republicans, he said no. Do it without and him
0: and make him veto a bill or, you know, just go around it. Because if you're going to wait for the president, he's not going to work with you on it, Senator.
2: I mean, well, we, that's we why it. as that's why I want to be president, because I believe we can get this done within the first year and we can mm-hmm. stop this chaos at the border and you need someone in the white house that's able to work to get this bill done so we stop the chaos we have comprehensive immigration reform which would be so much better for our economy when we don't have enough workers in nursing homes in minnesota and mm. we have uh, the administration continuing to threaten to deport people who are here on temporary status legally it is a major problem much bigger than the border let me ask you something else uh, while i have
0: you here muller comes in next week Uh, I'm In doing the research for this, everybody's talking about what are the Democrats, what are their plans. Let me reverse the thinking on this for a second. What happens if Mueller doesn't wow people with his testimony? He says he's going to stick to the report. I think there's plenty in that report that people haven't read that would be uh, surprising to them. But what if he doesn't deliver? What if the needle doesn't move after the Mueller testimony? Should an impeachment inquiry be abandoned as an effort? Is that going to be some indicator for you?
2: Well, you know, I have been in favor of moving forward uh, with impeachment proceedings because I see those uh, 10 points of obstruction of justice. That aside, um, I think it is very important for the nation to be able to hear Director Mueller testify. Uh, They should be able to hear it. And by the way, even if he just sticks to the facts of the report, Mm -hmm. it is a lot easier to digest the former FBI director under Republican president. Exactly outlining Mm -hmm. everything that Russia did. We had a classified briefing today about what went on with Russia, and I can just, I can't reveal what happened there, but I can say that um, what we know publicly, and that is that Director Mueller said in his report that in a systematic and sweeping fashion, Russia interfered in our election. And what I would love to get out of this testimony of Director Mueller is the public to see the two ways they did it very clearly. One, by trying to Hack into election equipment, and then secondly, with the propaganda and the lies and those fake divisive ads, <laughs> understand it because we're starting to see it again. Hmm. And that's why I want to have my backup paper ballot bill, uh, the bill that I've tried. Many, many times to get through. Past, we're going to try it again in the coming weeks. And then, secondly, to make sure that we do something about these ads, these political ads, when there's no rules of the road for those big social media companies. Mm.
0: Senator Klobuchar, always happy to have you on the show to talk about what matters to the American people. I'll see Thank you again you Chris. soon. I'll be see you well soon. and good luck right. going forward. See you. All right. Now, Bye. when we're talking about Epstein, you got to stick to what is common sense on these things. All right. Don't get buried in legalese, don't follow the finger-pointing, and please don't get caught up in the intrigue of who was better friends with this guy. Who cares? Let's take a look at the facts of what we know about how it was handled, okay? We are going to dissect them with one of the best investigators around. What was done that seems fine, and what was Fugazi. Next. This president's labor secretary stood in front of cameras for almost an hour today. Now, you can argue who's trying to save his job. Others will say he was just trying to explain the deal he cut for multimillionaire sex offender Jeffrey Epstein. But here's what matters. The deal that Alex Acosta says happened has to be looked at through the lens of a different time, when victims weren't treated as they are today. Let's bring in Asha Rangappa. She worked at the FBI. She understands these investigations. And let's just do a smell test on his version of events, okay? W- first question. Meeting with the defendant counsel in a hotel multiple times, saying that, uh, meeting with him multiple times, at least once that we know of in a hotel, saying that, while well, they kept starting and restarting the process, Asha, you know, they were in control of it. It was very frustrating for us. Uh, the idea of him having prosecuted other cases with this subject matter and having very different outcomes... What does that all mean to you?
3: Yeah, so Chris, on first let's let's start with this We're talking about two thousand and eight. This isn't nineteen ten before women had the right to vote or something. and the the facts of this case involve more than thirty victims all of whom were minors at the time that the criminal activity occurred, involved trafficking across, you know, state lines. Um, yeah, you know, this it's was the, the kind real deal. It wasn't a one-off.
0: It wasn't a close call. It wasn't no, one person in is, questions of consent. No, it was the real
3: deal. That's right. This is not a he said, she said. This right. is the kind of thing that a reasonable juror, let's say, uh, would acknowledge um, was wrong. And the very fact that there were so many victims, all of whose you know, testimony would have been fairly consistent, and they had corroborating evidence in mm. the form of phone records and flight manifests, suggests that there was quite a lot of evidence here, and that does not— sp- passed the smell test in terms of what he said today in his press conference. His
0: idea that, well, look, you know, the state, you know, I had to deal with the state. You know, this was their case. You know, when's the last time you heard a federal prosecutor say that?
3: Yeah. You know, the the feds are typically happy to take a good case um, from the state. Now, let's remember that this started because of a complaint to the Palm Beach uh, Police Department in right. 2005. The Palm Beach Police Department asked the FBI to get involved because of how concerned they were. The FBI then investigated and basically had a 53-page indictment ready to go. Now, at this point, in the span of, you know, I think uh, in the span of about six months, this this translates into a plea deal where he then um, Epstein p- pleads to these lesser charges in state court. It's important to remember one, like that
0: one, states and federal one government victim involved too- who was 17. You know, it was like the best case scenario for him. And then the most lenient deal I've ever heard of 18 months, only 13 served six days a week, 12 hours a day on work release.
3: And there was nothing that would have prevented the U.S. Attorney's Office from continuing to investigate this further if they believed that there was not a strong case. Remember that trafficking cases do not have a statute of limitations, Um, I believe, as of 2003, which is why the Southern District of New York is actually able to indict Epstein for some of the same conduct that Florida was looking at. This is the same time frame and even some of the same facts—
0: why the public corruption unit being involved, Asha? What does that mean to you?
3: You know, I don't I don't know. I mean, you know, I defer to prosecutors who have worked public corruption mm. cases. There is um, some nexus there. I would probably caution against jumping to big conclusions because, you know, public corruption can involve um, anything from low-level officials to high-level officials in terms of their... Um, you know, involvement in this kind of thing. And this was a pretty extensive operation. Um, So I do Mm. see a lot of big conclusions being reached, and I'm not sure. I think it's a bit premature to implicate um, certain people without more evidence. Mm.
0: I agree. Asha, thank you for helping us understand the context of why this is being looked at again. Appreciate it. Now, politically, should the president have to own this Acosta mess? On the one hand, Well, what did the president know? You know, he was vetted by the Senate. On the other hand, this is his cabinet secretary in charge of human trafficking. So does he have to own that? How about the border? Should the president own the conditions at the border? Two great questions for a great debate. Let's get them both. Next. When asked if he would step down today, Secretary Alex Acosta said, quote, I serve at the pleasure of the president. Tonight, he is still serving. So... If there were a miscarriage of justice that Acosta should own with the Epstein deal, does President Trump now own that, too? Let's use that as the start of tonight's great debate with Jenk Uger and Dave Urban. Hey, good to have you both on, Dave. Nice to see Thanks you. Let uh, me on. start with you. Uh, Dave, what's the, uh, the argument for him owning it? Well, Acosta, not to blame the president for what Acosta did back then, that's not fair. I don't care how good of friends or not the president was with Epstein. I don't think that's fair either. Jenk will disagree. That's fine. That's his role. My question is this. He is in charge of human trafficking, Okay. His reputation in that area is at best sullied. Should this be a concern for the president?
4: Now, look, Chris, I, I, I think in this instance, look, if you if you go back and look at media accounts from when this case was prosecuted in 2000, 2006, 2008, um, you know, uh, Secretary Acosta was praised by many in, in the media for doing something that wasn't gonna, uh, gonna take place, getting a, a real conviction against the guy who was being let off on state charges. This is, uh, I mean, you can He say, didn't get saying, a conviction, but, he took a plea. Well, he took a, he took a plea, and if you look at the affidavits by the career prosecutors involved here, look, this, he was the U.S. attorney. He was not all the, he, the, as you know, Chris, you're a smart guy, you're a lawyer, Jack's a lawyer, lots of AUSAs involved in this, lots of folks involved in this. You know, the, the secretary didn't make the decision this alone, he didn't overturn. But he did cut the deal. He's Chris, the name on the deal, Chris. Chris he didn't overturn anybody. He did, he he went according with all the pre- people in his office, all mm. the career prosecutors, FBI. What, what he got was a deal that that no one else was getting at the time. So I think, look, it's a terrible thing. I'm glad that the Southern District of New York is prosecuting this 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 guy who's by by all accounts a really bad individual, and and, and in retrospect. Look, maybe the state could have done something differently. The evidence must not have been there at the time, because I promise you, Chris, that the good men and women, the FBI and the U.S. Attorney's Office back then in the Southern District of Miami were doing their jobs. They were trying their best. Do you think anybody there wanted to let this creep go? I promise you, they did. I didn't. think it's yes. a
0: legitimate. I think it's a legitimate question, Jenk. Yeah, I promise you, it didn't, Jen. But you I'm a, hold think on that, a second. Let's be very clear. That the, the, you on, think Dave, that the career prosecutors wouldn't let this guy Dave, go, Jenk Dave, hold sure. on a second. Dave, Dave yes. Hold on. Yeah. The, uh, I like the reversal. You know how many times I've had to say that to you when we're talking about the Mueller probe. You know, do you think the FBI would really go after somebody politically? Now but, you're but, using but it Chris, on me. It, but I respect because it's a legitimate. Re- because it's a legitimate question. I, I, I thought it was legitimate back then too. I don't believe in casting dispersions on the investigators because you don't like the outcome. I'm not casting dispersions. I know, but you just you had a different perspective back. I'm just pointing that. I'm
4: saying I'm asking, do you believe no, that I don't men I don't. and women there? I don't think this, this was about go. investigators. I, I think that? if about
0: anything, it was about influence on the outside. Cenk, your take. OK, so now there's
5: a number of issues here. First of all, Acosta comes out today and says it was a different time. What was it, 1908? It was 2008. That's not that long ago. What, in 2008, did you let child molesters get away? Was that the the time that we were living in? No. That is the worst excuse I have ever heard. Then he blames it on state prosecutors. State prosecutors came out today and said, absolute lie, not remotely true. And we're not talking about the FBI here, Dave. I know you, you Republicans hate the FBI and you hate uh, the rule Jake, of I law Don't hate the FBI. Don't, okay. don't, don't, don't so, mischaracterize okay, anything I say. So hold on, hold on. So then uh, the FBI did their job and they got – amazing evidence, about 30 women, a 53-page indictment. And then uh, what does Acosta do? He lets him off the hook. He let him get out of jail for six out of the seven days. Why? Because he's rich and he's connected and he's represented by Kirkland and Ellis, a law firm that, hey, look at that, Acosta used to work for. So a bunch of rich people get together and go, hey, should we let our buddy off? Well, you guys are representing him, so okay, so fine, let's let him off. And uh, that's such a joke. you know are what? You
4: People d- are way smarter. Make hold an argument on. that actually holds water, buddy. What okay, doesn't hold yeah, water? Right. Hey, hey, listen, no, Chris. You really believe I mean, this on, on Guys, Chris, guys. You're you're a a me reset. Guy. Chris, you're a smart Jake, guy. Dave, you really let believe me reset. That there's a conspiracy let me reset. like that, Chris? That's let a joke.
0: me reset. Joke. First. Other than the fact that Acosta didn't do the work release part that came after him. But the leniency was certainly part of his negotiation. Dave, what I'm not getting from you in response to Cenk is what made the deal OK when the witnesses were available then and they weren't even told about the deal? Chris, I, I, listen, I, I'm
4: not I, I, I can't litigate each part piece and portion of that thing. OK, I, I'm not gonna then what say, doesn't make sense. I, I, well, no, Chris, I, I, I can't. I can't give you an answer on that. But you're part, saying right? it I'm doesn't gonna,
0: make sense. What doesn't
4: yeah, make sense? I, we, we, no, I'm, I'm not saying it doesn't make sense. I'm just you just, just saying said it doesn't make
0: sense. What he's saying?
4: No, I'm, not, I'm saying, Jenk, what he's saying about it's this giant collusion between you know I worked at this law firm. We worked at this law firm. Wink, nod, wink. We're going to let this really bad guy go. It's,
0: it's not. Well, it doesn't Acosta sense. says doesn't but that's pass a great face test. Acosta says but that, that the fact. pressure from the defense counsel was. Acosta says things I've never heard from a federal prosecutor before. These defense attorneys, they were so good, Dave. They just kept coming. And, like, there was so much pressure. They kept messing with our process and making us redo the deal and saying we didn't like this deal, so we have to do it over. When have you ever heard a federal prosecutor talk about defense counsel that
4: way? Chris, you know what? I'm not here to defend the words of Secretary Acosta today. What I'm saying to you is I look back and you're a lawyer, Jenks a lawyer. We know how the offices work. We know, listen, uh, Anisha was just on here earlier, right? She was at AUSA for many years. You know, I, I promise you that each one of those people in those offices wanted to put this creep behind bars for as long as they could. They did the best job they it's could. Not the it's, the not it's not about the integrity uh, of the FBI. It's not about the integrity of the FBI. I'm not talking about the FBI, It's about the outcome and who manipulated ta- it. Chris, I'm not talking uh, about it. These are complex hey, cases, hey. Chris. There, there are lots of lots of prosecutors involved here. And at the time, I promise you, they made the best no. case they no. could have. Final the point to
5: Jen. Go ahead. Okay, there was not a lot of prosecutors involved. It was Acosta. He made the decision. I don't know why you keep really? saying up for Jake, a guy who he was, was so he was lenient, lenient US on a, on a child molester. Work. No, Dave, it's my turn. Okay, so now Acosta's best case scenario is hey, I was such a terrible prosecutor that I, I was overwhelmed by the defense attorneys uh, who are so good. I'm such a terrible uh, prosecutor and, and lawyer, so then why are you the labor secretary? His worst-case scenario is, hey, a lot of connected people wanted this guy off. His middle-case scenario is, come on, he was rich. I was, I couldn't put away a rich guy like this. Imagine if a poor or middle-class average American had been accused of molesting Dozens of kids. Do you think they would have let them hey, off hey, like hey, Jake, this? Get, no get your way, it's because so Epstein Jake, was Chris, connected. You're, All right, you're, Dave, you care about
4: the facts here. You care about the facts. What's the fact? The facts were that there's an affidavit on file, go look it up, from a career prosecutor, female type, who was in charge of this case not Secretary Acosta, okay?
0: Yeah, Look at that. Did nego- I, he I did the negotiating of the deal. No, he owns that. Chris, owns Chris, that. Chris, owns Chris that.
4: admit it, Chris. And, admit and Trump. It. David, you're right. But then Acosta's lying?
0: Acosta's a liar? No,
4: no, Chris, admit it. There was a female career prosecutor as a lead on this Trump? case. Trump. Chris, Acosta says he did the deal, Dave. Don't case. try to blame Dave. women, oh, oh, Dave. I'm not try blame women. Jake, I'm not blaming women. You're so lame. That's disgusting. guys. No, Guys, was. stick to the facts. Stick to the facts, Jake. Acosta
5: was the facts. Listen, this
0: discussion has ended its utility for tonight. Chris, were there were there multiple people on the deal? Yes. Does Acosta absolutely. own that he negotiated the deal? Yes. Nothing else is relevant. We will learn no, more. Chris, there are lots we'll of other we'll things that are relevant.
4: More. Lots of things that are relevant here, Chris. They were relevant. There are lots of other prosecutors who wanted to put this he guy away for a long
0: did time. did Trump know deal. and when did
4: he know it? I got to leave
5: it there. What
0: did Trump know now, and that's, when that's did he know that's he it? That's not an interest for me at He's this so point. But we'll see how it goes Cenk. as we go forward. Jake, you got Dave Urban. I respect the passion. I'll talk to you again. All right. You're going to hear more about that case, and it's going to have a lot of political purchase, but i got to tell you, wait for the closing, because this is not a story about politics for me. I'll gauge that angle. It's relevant. It's relevant. He is the sitting labor secretary, but there's more. Now, another story. The president had promised mass immigration sweeps across the country, okay? Do you remember how muscular that was for his base? Now, his new top immigration official says, oh, they're still coming. Let's bring in Ken Cuccinelli to explain why they would do this now, how they will work, and what he's learned in his new capacity about the conditions down there. What are his concerns? What are the fixes? Next. Okay, so the border situation. The Trump administration is saying that there will be massive migrant roundups for people who have deportation orders. There are about a million of them. Now, obviously, you can't take on that kind of scope of humanity, but they do have very ambitious plans. Democrats counter with today's hearing about kids in cages. So the fix is still a long way from now. It's about whether or not we're going to make the situation any worse in the short term. One of the administration's top immigration officials is Ken Cuccinelli. You know him from his time here on CNN. Congratulations on the appointment. I haven't spoken to you on TV since then. Thanks, Chris. It's good to have you on the show. So you were brought in as fresh eyes. Let's get after it. (laughs) You were brought in for fresh eyes on a troubling situation. What do you make of these reports of inadequate medical care, unsafe and unhealthy conditions? What have you seen? What are you worried about?
1: Uh, Well, I was down not last week, but the week before last at El Paso. That sector went from number six to number two behind the Rio Grande Valley um, in only about eight or nine months. And, of course, you've reported on the numbers that happened in May, uh, really a a near unprecedented spike in numbers. But that wasn't the toughest part. The toughest part was that those 144,000 apprehensions were over two thirds, almost three quarters, families and unaccompanied Mm -hmm. children And when you talk about overcrowding, uh, the Border Patrol in particular was designed to handle individual adult male Mexicans. They don't have the facility, which means short term turnaround. They don't have the facility. So the way the system is supposed to work is that they then offload detainees to ICE. But ICE is oversubscribed Mm -hmm. in their detention facilities. And so the pipeline has become clogged. As it goes down the route. So and you don't think it's about obviously you don't think if it's it mal- gets clogged feasons. anywhere. It shows up up front.
0: You don't think it's malfeasance. You, you don't think it's malfeasance. You don't think it's people no, doing I the think job is, the wrong well, way. Mal- malfeasance on the part of Congress, but not in terms of the men and women uh, who are doing but, it, because the troubling part of the reports is no, people saying look, they were told Chris, to drink Chris, toilet water and all that. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. yeah that, no. And, and Chris, one of the things I appreciate about you is you've gone down there. You've looked yourself. You've developed your own opinions based on facts. And I appreciate that. And I know a lot of other people do, too. And w- what I saw was, for instance, children being cared for well in a Border Patrol facility that was never designed to house children. Um, and, uh, and and you, of course, saw the inspector general's report and the mm-hmm. pictures in there. And that was largely a function of raw numbers This system, for the fourth month in a row, is over 100,000 people coming over the border. I looked at data all the way back to 2012. There's never been a single month over that mark. It's true. The numbers are astronomical. In that that seven years sign. And listen, they are astronomical. And 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 there's
0: only so much you can do. Well, let's talk about what is being done. And this is the part I don't understand. I don't have any problem with the law being enforced. Uh, I think that if you come in illegally, you have a problem. You have to deal with it. But I don't understand sweeps now because I don't know how you can add to the capacity problem. I don't know who will process these people, where you will keep them. You're over capacity now. Why do the sweeps now? It seems like a a nightmare scenario.
1: Well, the fact that, you know, it's even newsworthy that ICE is doing its job, which is, as you noted, to... uh, uh, pursue, really first ask, but then pursue those who, who won't respond on the removal orders. So there's about a million removal orders where people have gone right. all the way through a long process. They got due process and so forth. And um, that's the pool that ICE has to work from in terms of removals. There are other things ICE does. But in the removal space, what they try to do operationally is set up to process the particular people uh, in that pool, uh, quickly, so that they don't just jam them all in detention centers that are already—they don't have the manpower to do uh, that, that. they process them out quickly. It seems to
6: be like well, this is a political have the play to on do harshness. Some of it.
1: We're not talking about doing all of it, Chris. I know,
0: but I'm saying that doing any of it is a political message of harshness that I know this president likes. Um, but I just see it as adding to a contamination right now. You have, like you just said, over half
1: of these people are families and well, kids. But you, you, but can't you can't care for them, and you you're going to put more stress on can't the system you cannot forfeit the other parts of the pipeline. The end of the pipeline of illegal immigration is deportation. And we're talking about the crowded points well before that, right on the front end when people come across the border. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you also have to have to work on the back end. Just like in my agency, we're working to knock down the asylum uh, backlog of cases while supporting the border effort. Uh, ICE has to do the same thing in its in its own realm of uh, authority, where they have to continue to to enforce removal orders, all the while backing up CBP in terms of detention with the border crisis. But why add to a system that's overtaxed?
0: Why not just prioritize that right now? Look, here's my real question, is that it seems that the president wants to choose to keep hammering on the harshness and keep hammering on enforcement and going after them and not dealing with the true crisis of humanity and caring for these kids and families, which he never prioritizes.
1: Chris, you said yourself that it's important to enforce the law as it's written. And I would note that the appropriation bill that passed last month, most of that bill went to care for children. And what happened? So we went from about 2,500 kids in these facilities not designed for them down to below 350 with only a handful, maybe 20 or so, that have been there more than the, the requisite 72 hours, which is our target time for those kids to be placed in appropriate facilities for children. And, and when Congress actually stepped up to do that one small part of its job, the system started to work with respect to those children. We have not seen Congress do that either with asylum loopholes, which are attracting Fair a lot point. of these folks, nor with adults for detention which is what you and I are talking about not just Fair in point terms but I'm saying removal, we're still getting but reports also in the
0: second stage at the border but we're still getting reports Ken and I know that this is why you were sent down there we just got one out of Arizona uh, that was reported on by NBC first last night that the conditions are beneath the standard of care that we expect from ourselves in this country that seems to me to be the most important piece of this and that should take all the energy until it is dealt with the right way, and then you deal with capacity and
1: you deal with enforcement once this crisis period is gone. Well, but you 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 just excluded one item that is the solution from the overcrowding, and that is that Congress has to allocate the funds to provide adequate facilities. That is Congress's responsibility. just gave responsibility. you four plus billion dollars. And, I mean, and and at least and at least that's right. And and that, as I told you, most of that went toward. Care for children, not Good. just detention, but medical care and all sorts of other things, transportation, and so forth—the things we need yep. to take care of those children correctly, the way everyone wants to take care of them, including this president. But we well, also need to expand that capacity with respect to families and adults. I hear and you until about until expanding Congress capacity and completes its job. I hear we're you. We're not going to solve the problem. I hear you about capacity. I hear you about the rules.
0: I hear that it's not done. The president's priorities. Uh, we, we disagree on. I go on the facts of what I see on that as well. You are always welcome, Ken Cuccinelli, and I'm going to need you to come back because be this situation you, is not ending. Good luck down there. I hope you can make things better. Oh, well, we're taking it step by step. We will. Ken, thank you. All right, let's lighten up a bit. I got a question for you. This is a what would you do? I'm channeling my inner John Quinones, whom I love. You're driving on the freeway. Money starts to rain out of the sky real money. Do you do what they are doing? Do you drive by? Is there some third answer? D. Lemon and I will deal with a real-life ethical dilemma, and I will tell you what I would do next. All right, here's the question. You're driving on the highway. Cash comes raining out of the sky. What do you do? You pull over and scoop it up. More than a dozen drivers did just that after an armored car's door flew open like something out of a movie. How much money are you looking at there? 175k. Police are now warning of criminal charges if they don't give the money back. So far, five people, including this guy, have turned in a total of 4400 bucks, all but $200 were taken. D Lemon. Uh-oh.
6: That D is lemon. a total of 15, 17 bucks. Shh, I, I,
0: I guarantee if anybody <laughs> smells that money, it's musty because this guy never opens his wallet. He's tight as two coats of paint. I always buy your damn So dinner you your are, sh- I, what? This isn't working. So you're driving down the road. Yep. Money comes flying yep. out the sky. Yep. What do you do? What do I do? Yep. <sighs> Be honest,
6: we're only on live television. Uh, I probably would take some pictures of it. If I felt I was in a safe space, safe place, or I would just drive away. I wouldn't do it. Not going to do it. Why? I don't know. It just doesn't seem right. Number one, I don't like being on the sides of highways or interstates. All right. Let me I, change the scenario. So what, You're I'm on just, a just, country road.
0: This. Nobody's around. Money okay. comes flying out of the sky. Well, nobody's around. Nobody nobody's around. Me. Nobody will see you. And who does the money belong to? Came out of an armored car. Arguably FDIC insured.
6: I don't know. I believe in karma. Seriously. I don't think I would do it. I think I would turn it, I I would turn it in. I'm that guy. The law is
0: clear. Now, <laughs> you're walking down the street and you see a $20 bill. There's a de minimis standard. Okay. Uh, but there, is a, there are uh, laws against taking mislaid or lost items and keeping them from yourself. You're supposed to notify the police. If a certain statutory period goes by, you get to keep it. But I think this is more of an ethical uh, dilemma. And this is
6: free money. It's not somebody's money. It's not that you saw it fall out of someone's car. Wait, wait, okay, let me ask you this. So if I turn it in and no one claims it after then, a period of time, it's then mine? Then you get it. Okay, well, then why wouldn't you just turn it in? That way you're clear on... Because you want the clear. money. Yeah, but Because still-
0: it's cash mm. money.
6: <laughs> I know people at home are like, are you crazy, Don? I, keep- I wouldn't <laughs> keep the money. I'm sorry, I wouldn't. Well, look, here's the test
0: of integrity Pop taught me. Would you do the right thing if nobody would know that you did the wrong thing? Yeah. I have to tell you, it's easy for me with my crazy, blessed life to say I wouldn't do it because I don't need the money. Yeah. But if you did, I totally understand why people were picking it up and gathering don't it. Don't get me and wrong. trying to drive I'm away.
6: not judging. I'm with you on that. I'm not going to judge someone who needs it or someone who keeps it. I'm just, you, you asked me what I would do. And I'll tell you, I get you, That's and I'll tell what you what, do. that guy who came forward
0: and anybody who comes forward, that is something where there should be a fund saved up to reward those people for doing the right thing. Because if you we re- reinforce that kind
6: of behavior, mm-hmm. it's 100 times more powerful than just punishing people who do it wrong. I would, All right, I would like ahead. to meet that guy. And I think check, Have back, him on. check back with him in a couple of years. I bet something really good happened to him. Hey, guess what? Speaking what? of something really good, Charlemagne the God. Ooh. is on, and you won't believe our conversation. I'm telling you, you, you have to watch it because he does not hold back. He's going to talk about all of the presidential candidates, what he thinks of them, and why he asks them, the question he, questions he asks them on his show, The Breakfast Club, almost every single day.
0: Great name, great brain. I'll be watching. See, See you in a second. All right, top story. Should there be heat on Secretary Acosta for the deal with Epstein? Yes. But Why? Power, privilege, sure. Ugly politics, maybe. But there is something that's being masked by all that, that must be exposed. There's a new accuser that stepped forward. I want you to hear her and what she represents, which is much bigger than anything else. Next. The more we learn about the Epstein deal, the more it smells. Secret deal, brokered by now Labor Secretary Alex Acosta, gave a multimillionaire sex offender a light sentence. But for all the power and privilege, while problematic, it all masks something that should concern all of us a lot more. This is about something that's happening all over this country to our kids. This is about human trafficking and sex against someone's will, the grooming, manipulation and abuse of children. Just today, we heard from yet another accuser, Jennifer Arose. She says that she was recruited for Epstein when she was just 14, raped by him, at 15.
2: He knew very well my age. You know exactly, you know, who he was hanging out with. I was telling him to stop. Please
1: stop, you know? And did he? No, he did not stop. He had no intentions of stopping, and that's what he wanted, that's what he got. I just thought, like, you know, it's my fault. Like, I was, like,
2: obligated. Like, that's just what you're supposed to do. So, I. Like, really did not know better.
0: Didn't know better. Obligated. That's what I was supposed to do. I have heard those words and these types of stories firsthand all over the country. I've driven the streets with my team to see girls forced to walk the same for sex, for money. If not, They face consequences. We did a documentary on this. You can see it on HLN on demand. This is one of the most hidden and pernicious problems in our society. So spare me who was better friends with Epstein. I don't care about that intrigue. Spare me what bothered me most for Mr. Acosta today. This. The message to victims is come forward. Come forward. Why would they come forward after what you did? You didn't even tell them that their abuser wasn't going away as expected. What he did is proof of why they don't come forward, because the trafficker won. The bad guy won. And the stories about this guy fit the mold of what is happening all over outside the world of rich and powerful. The average age a child first becomes a victim of sex trafficking, 12 to 14. These girls have sex with 10 children men a night. Six nights a week. 240 sexual partners a month. How many kids? They don't know. They can only estimate. So many are afraid to come forward. So many are lost in the system of kids that are just gone in our society. American kids. So why should Mr. Acosta be judged now for then? That's a fair question. There are two reasons that we must consider. Because it was kept quiet, And the deal didn't get scrutinized at the time. Why didn't it? Second, Secretary Acosta is in charge of human trafficking for us as the secretary of labor. His biggest case on the issue gave the most lenient deal ever. He didn't even mention his work in that area today in a real way. We know he tried to cut funding for sex trafficking victims. Was that just about budgets? Was it about priority? The fact that he doesn't get it as evidenced by this earlier deal? Can he be trusted
6: to own it? Those are the real things to consider. Thank you for...